As Typhoon Mirar approaches Taiwan, fishers and farmers are racing against time to prepare. In southern Taiwan, lychee farmers are hurrying to collect as much crop as possible, fearing that the storm will cause fruit drop. Over on the east coast, fishers have secured their ships in the harbor with ropes to prevent them from getting wrecked in the storm. The periphery of Typhoon Mawar is beginning to affect Taiwan. Along the coast of Hualien, tall waves batter the shore, raising plumes of sea spray. Over at Ilan's Nanfang Ao port, fishers are storm-proofing their vessels, securing them with ropes to prevent damage. We secure them at the bow and the stern. If the rope isn't thick enough or we don't put enough ropes, the tension might snap it. We have to use thicker cords to hold the boat in place. Larger fishing vessels sway with the current, creating constant screeching sounds. The smaller, more vulnerable boats have already been moved deeper in the port in preparation for the storm. The smaller ones have been placed there and tied up already. The larger ones are all set next to each other. Meanwhile, over in Kaohsiung is the Yuhebao lychee harvest season. With still 10 days before the harvest ends, farmers fear that the wind and rain will cause fruit drop. They've been hard at work collecting lychee since the early morning. The typhoon is coming, so we're rushing to collect the fruit. Once the typhoon hits, the trees could get damaged and we won't be able to harvest. Today we'll be collecting more than 3,000 caddies of lychees, almost 4,000 caddies. We've just entered harvest season and Typhoon Mawar is coming. The farmers are paying close attention to the developments. Lychee trees are quite delicate. If the fruit is blemished, it doesn't get sold at the market. This year's Uhebao lychees have grown especially sweet due to less rainfall. If the typhoon brings heavy rain, it could ruin that sweetness, farmers say. Dashu District expects a bumper harvest of 7 million kilograms of lychees, up 30% from last year. With a storm approaching, farmers hope all their hard work won't be in vain. The Center for Asia-Pacific Resilience and Innovation held its inaugural forum on Monday featuring leaders and experts from 12 countries. Among them was former Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who was visiting Taiwan for the first time. In his keynote address, Turnbull warned against the rise of authoritarianism, saying that countries in the Asia-Pacific should come together to protect democratic values. Battered between the anvil of Xi Jinping and the hammer, of Donald Trump. Our resolute defense of democracy and the right of nations to determine their own destiny free from coercion. Former Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull is on his first visit to Taiwan. On Monday, he made an appearance at a forum held by the Center for Asia-Pacific Resilience and Innovation. In his address, he said that, amid the authoritarian challenges posed by Xi Jinping and the Russia-Ukraine war, countries around the world should unite to defend democracy. Disinformation is more widespread than ever, including here in Taiwan. Foreign actors play a role in the spreading of disinformation. In politics, disunity is death. We have to stand up for truth and call out lies for what they are. 
Turnbull shared his experience during the 2016 Australian federal election, citing it as an example of the political and ideological harm that disinformation inflicts on people's daily lives. He highlighted the importance of preventing information monopolies, of strengthening public health, and of building up resilient democratic systems. Whether it's defending democracy, the environment, or public health. And as resilience matters... Drawing on both of their experiences working in local and national politics to consider democratic leadership, which we will dive into today. Experts from 12 countries convened in Taipei to discuss how lessons from history can help the Asia-Pacific region cooperate on public health, trade and environmental protection in the post-pandemic era. Vice President Lai Xingde's presidential campaign is on a roll, and the campaign's theme is not a surprise. Lai is known to be a big baseball fan, and his new campaign plays on the idea of a baseball team logo. The former catcher is framing his campaign around protecting home base. It's a theme that reflects a lifelong devotion. Today, we look back at the role of baseball in his life, from a childhood passion to a political allegiance to the game. On Lunar New Year's Eve, Vice President Lai Tingde was sharpening his skills with young players from Tainan's Baihe Elementary Baseball Team. Taking on the role of pitcher, he was visibly starstruck to get to practice with former Dodgers pitcher Guo Hongzhi. Uh, Famous for his love of the game, Lai served as a guest baseball critic on TV in 2020 and gave a lecture at National Chengzhi University where every analogy was baseball-based. Suddenly, I just had the feeling like I was on the NCCU home field. I'm the starting pitcher, but today maybe I should get ready to pitch a complete game by myself. Now, Lai has even brought his love of the game into his election campaign design. This design is on the name cards of his campaign team members, Team Taiwan, with a home base image. Even his early campaign social media is baseball-themed, reflecting the slogan, Protect the Home Field. Yes, it's because Vice President Lai loves baseball so much. As a little kid, he would be the catcher, so he has a special love for home base. You can see how on the top of the picture it's a home base shape. That English phrase home base has a deep meaning. It protects the team and it protects the home. Vice President Lai thinks this symbol represents everyone on Team Taiwan, coming together in a consensus. The year the Tainan Giants competed at Williamsport, he stayed up late into the night watching the game and cheering them on. When Dr Lai was mayor of Tainan, he won the right to host the Under-12 Baseball World Cup for Tainan. He directed the construction of the Asia-Pacific International Baseball Training Centres. He wanted to make Tainan the cradle of baseball in Taiwan. Lai's team say we should expect more baseball-themed campaigning on the horizon, perhaps hidden in his DPP campaign designs or, like the cards, with his team, as it seeks to convince voters he will protect home base. Taiwan's Tourism Bureau says there's no timetable for allowing group tours to China. The bureau is facing pressure to lift its ban on cross-strait tours after China ended its own ban on Taiwanese group tours earlier this month. Speaking to reporters, the 
The bureau's director said that talks with China were underway with an eye on finalizing a plan as quickly as possible. With regard to our internal evaluations and discussions, as well as our communications with China, we are stepping up the pace so that we can finalize a plan that's agreeable to both sides as quickly as possible. Once we have a finalized plan, we will announce it to the public. For now, we will not disclose the details. The reopening timeline has not been determined yet. The director said he would be happy to see tourism restored, but that the details were still being assessed and discussed, with no consensus reached yet. With the summer travel season approaching, media asked if a consensus might be reached by July or August. The director replied that he was uncertain, but that he hoped for swift progress. The dangers of a sedentary lifestyle are well documented. Today, we look at one of the major health issues facing lots of office workers, digestive problems. Doctors say that sitting for long periods combined with little exercise and a modern diet are not a recipe for good gut health. But if you're suffering, there are some simple things you can do to promote a healthy stomach today. Zhongshan Hospital Director Wu Wenjie says that sources of fiber and probiotics are a good place to start. Sitting at a desk, staring at a document on a screen. This is the reality of daily life for millions of office workers. Over the long term, it can be very bad for your health. A recent survey on the top 10 health problems for office workers found that number one is digestive issues and constipation linked to spending too much time sitting down. Many people are puzzled and say, it's just sitting, what's so wrong with that? The point is that when you don't do anything but sit for long periods, it can by itself cause cardiovascular disease, obesity, and digestive tract diseases such as irritable bowel syndrome. When you're sedentary, food can accumulate in your gut, slowing down your metabolism and causing bloating and constipation, among other things. To keep your digestive system healthy, doctors recommend taking regular breaks to get moving and snacking on fruit, vegetables or yogurt. Get some more fiber in your diet, for example, fruit and veg like guava, blueberries or bananas. Most importantly, you can try taking yogurt to increase your probiotic intake. Yogurt is an excellent source of probiotics. Why are they important? Because probiotics can suppress the bad bacteria from growing in your guts. Yogurt is a great source of good bacteria and can improve gut health and immune function. But in Taiwan, you should always look out for the National Health Certification label before buying any yogurt. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang kicked off Computex Taipei on Monday with a keynote on artificial intelligence. He unveiled an array of new AI products and services, including a supercomputer armed with 256 Grace Hopper superchips. This computer will be specially suited for demanding generative AI training tasks, and Microsoft and Google will be among its first customers. Huang spoke to a packed house that included top industry executives. I'm here to tell you how wonderful stinky tofu is. You can enjoy it right here in Taiwan. It's best from the night market. I was just there the other night. Okay, play it. I'm here to tell you about how wonderful stinky tofu is. You can enjoy it right here in Taiwan. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang demos the capabilities of generative artificial intelligence. He instructs the AI to compose music based on his lyrics and invites the audience to sing along. 
I will make you like me best. Yeah, sing, sing it with me. I really. This the part. This the part. Like and During his keynote at Computex, Huang listed his company's numerous breakthroughs. Oh, Huang also unveiled NVIDIA's newest AI supercomputer. With its 256 Grace Hopper superchips, the computer is especially suited to generative AI applications, recommender systems, and data analytics. Microsoft, Meta, and Google are among its first customers, Huang revealed. Grace Hopper AI supercomputer, it is one giant GPU, utterly incredible. We're building it now. All of the, every component is in production. And we're so, we're so excited that Google Cloud, Meta, and Microsoft will be the first companies in the world to have access. After his talk, fans flocked to Huang to snap a selfie with him. He waved to our camera to acknowledge the people of Taiwan. Everybody, nice to see you. This is a nice jacket, right? As he chatted about his fashion choices, Huang's humor and charisma were on full display. When a fan brought a graphics card for an autograph, he was more than obliging. You will never be able to wear this again. <laughs> the event was a veritable who's who of the tech industry. In the audience were PSMC chairman Frank Huang and Formosa Plastics Group president William Wong, leading a delegation of other group executives. The allure of NVIDIA's founder, known as the godfather of AI, proved too much to resist. Premier Chen Jianren attended the opening of European Innovation Week on Monday. In his keynote address, the Premier said Taiwan plays an important role in the global supply chain. He said Taiwan's trade volume with the EU reached a new record in 2022. He also thanked the EU Parliament and EU member states for standing with Taiwan and supporting peace, stability and prosperity. International environment. Both the EU and Taiwan are facing severe challenges from authoritarian regimes. Through prudent governance and strengthened cooperation with like-minded partners, we respond to these challenges calmly and effectively. One of the topics is concerning the hydrogen. Hydrogen is a very important area uh, in the EU energy transition, also in Taiwan. Speaking at the conference, Economics Minister Wang Meihua said Taiwan will continue to learn from the EU as it develops technologies for hydrogen power generation. She thanked EU's offshore wind power industry for continuing to support Taiwan's industrial development. She emphasized that Taiwan and the EU are like-minded partners that must stand united. The Environmental Protection Administration and the European Union hosted an international conference on resource circulation on Monday. Speaking at the 2023 Resource Circulation International Conference, EPA Minister Zhang Ziqing said his ministry was preparing legislation to expand resource recycling. The conference featured a keynote from the European Commission's Maiva Ruta. Industry representatives and experts from around the world converged in Taipei to share their strategies and technologies for resource recycling. 
The conference kicks off with a clear voice melody by indigenous students from Shinju's Jinshi Township. The Environmental Protection Administration and the EU organized an international seminar on resource circulation with an eye on deepening their partnership. Last March, we proposed Taiwan's pathway to net zero emissions in 2050. One of the 12 key strategies in our plan is resource circulation that achieves zero waste. The conference featured a keynote address by Maiva Ruta, Deputy Director General of the European Commission's Directorate General for Internal Market, Industry, Entrepreneurship and SMEs. Domestic and foreign experts joined industry representatives in exchanges on resource recycling strategies and technologies. We need to expand the recycling of materials that have worth, even if there isn't adequate economic momentum. We can see if we can use legislation to ensure the reuse. The EPA minister said he hoped to see increasingly innovative strategies for reusing waste. So long as a reused resource has market competitiveness, it has a place in the circular economy. The EPA is also working on legislation that integrates the Waste Disposal Act and the Resource Recycling Act. So this legislation we're working on, the Resource Circulation Promotion Act, it includes provisions about having a green design at the outset and reusing these raw materials. In the past, we encouraged this, but in the future, we hope to enact it into law. We hope to announce it in the second half of this year, and perhaps even to send it to the Legislative Yuan for deliberation. That is our goal. In addition, the EPA is preparing to upgrade to the Ministry of the Environment and to establish a resource recycling agency. The goal is to complete the reorganization by late August, taking a big step toward carbon reduction targets and sustainability. A question on a junior high science test recently bamboozled students. It asked what you call the little dots on the skin of strawberries. What do you think? Well, before today, I would have said seeds. Right, you're in good company. Even strawberry farmers often say that. But technically, those little dots are something quite different. Let's take a biology field trip. A big ripe red strawberry is very tempting. But do you know what to call the little sesame seed-like spots on the strawberry skin? People on the street, strawberry farmers, and even a member of Dahu Farming Association all gave the same answer, seeds. But that's not correct. It's a question that came up this year in the CAP exams for junior high students. The question explained that strawberries are actually a structure that bulges from the base of the flower. The dots on their skin are produced in the ovaries of the strawberry. Two diagrams were attached. So the question is, what are those seeds then? According to NTNU Research Centre for Educational Testing, the answer is C, fruit. Biologically, they are the true fruit. They are called achenes, and they're tiny fruit that grow in the ovaries of the strawberry. The strawberry that we eat, the soft juicy part, is actually an inflated flower receptacle on which there are all these many tiny fruits. Inside each fruit is a very tiny seed. So the bright red strawberry is actually part of the flower, not technically a fruit itself. The tiny, unassuming seed-like things are each an individual fruit. You learn something every day. 
Taiwan's job market is notorious for its long working hours and low salaries. Now, more and more people are turning to multiple careers as an alternative choice. The so-called slashy lifestyle involves developing two or more careers simultaneously. It can offer professionals more flexibility and job satisfaction and often shorter working hours for more pay. Today, we meet one slashy who has escaped the salary grind. Finn is a baker slash fitness coach who says life is sweeter with two balls in the air. Finn cracks an egg into a bowl and separates yolk from white. He carefully pours sugar into the blender and turns it on. It's a well-honed routine for Finn, who spends about four hours a day baking at home, earning 20 to 30,000 NT a month by selling cakes and cookies. They come in shapes like a little blue car or a cute cartoon character. But outside the kitchen, he has a whole other career. Here he is in gym wear, coaching a student through every move. At 46, he's got a perfect form for incline flies, battle ropes, and pull-up. Once a full-time baker, Finn started working out when he realized he couldn't carry heavy objects. He got fit as an unexpected benefit and became passionate about exercise. Fitness coaches can enjoy quite flexible working hours. He now sees clients for about 20 hours a week, earning more than 50,000 NT a month at the gym. From baking and coaching altogether, he makes at least 80,000 NT a month. I never thought I would make fitness my main career, but I have a lot more free time now, and actually I can develop in lots of different directions. Finn never thought he would be pursuing multiple careers in his 40s, but now that he can make money from several passions, he loves it. His quality of life is much better than when he was scraping by on a meager salary, he says.